decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. But we have a better place to do it in your city. The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, is real. And today, we're going to play with Maryland Pride. He's got it! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up, Money! and he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh! Stevie Francis, showtime! Oh, man! What a play by Pius! Holy cow! Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. Listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Well, hello, hello, hello. A surprise IMS radio show, kind of coming out of nowhere, last minute show. Have you posted the link on the message board yet, Jeff? Uh, no, I'm trying to put it on Twitter right now, and it keeps giving me a something went wrong. <laughs> this is just a last minute Typical last minute production. I'm gonna post. Um, I'm gonna post it on the board right now. No one's watching us live right now, anyway, but they'll see this in the playback. That's okay. Um. Um. Sorry, lots of ums there. I'll explain what's going on in a minute. What's going on is everybody should know that. Larry France is a badass for even getting to do the doing the show at this point. All things considered, I um, I just posted the thread on the InsideMarylandSports.com, Maryland at twenty four seven Sports.com message board. So hopefully people will start um, trickling in here. Did you post it on Twitter, Jeff? You won't believe this, but. It keeps giving me a looks like you lost your connection message. I'm trying to post it as we speak, but definitely got to cut this part out. Well, I'll be able to, I think there's editing tools that I'll be able to try and edit afterward once people get in here and we uh, get going. And actually, while we're still waiting for people to join, my dog is trying to get outside. I'm going to go let him in. So I'll be back. Talk to the four people that are watching right now. Jeff, go ahead. What up, dogs? What's new in your world? That's cool. That's good. Let me see if I can get connected so I can put this on. No, I can't put it on Twitter. Unbelievable. 
Jeff, try rebooting whatever system, your phone, or whatever your close out the app and reopen it. Yeah. Uh, your laptop, whatever that is. Starting to get some people in here. And I know people are probably surprised after <laughs> the thread that started yesterday asking for a show. And I explained how we would not be doing one for a couple of weeks. But I've had kind of a crazy day, and I guess I can get into that a little bit before we get going on the show here. I am supposed to have a nasal reconstruction surgery. It's been scheduled for three months. Today was the day. Last night, actually for about three days, I started having pain in my foot. And I'm old, so you guys can just make fun of me for getting something called gout. It sounds like an old person's thing, and it is because I am old. It's basically a form of of uh, arthritis. So I got gout, very painful, extremely painful. And I was trying to get through it so I could get to my surgery. I went to the ER last night, was there for a few hours in the middle of the night, still went home, got a couple hours sleep, went back for my surgery today, got the IV in my hand, all kinds of wires connected to me. They even drugged me up, not anesthesia, and then about 30 minutes before I was supposed to get operated on, the doctor came in and canceled. It was a very frustrating day, loaded up with all kinds of medications. And I still am. I've got some steroids, some painkillers, all kind, and other stuff. I forget what they're all called. But basically my surgery is going to be rescheduled for a couple weeks from now. So in two weeks from now is when I'm going to have to take that break that I was talking about and that I thought was going to start today. But I did want to get in and make sure we got a couple shows in. Before that, soldier, true soldier. <laughs> I'm I'm a little uh, a little loopy right now. So, did you ask for some extra <clears throat> extra meds in case Maryland does a Maryland tomorrow night? <laughs> no, I just it's like twenty eight nothing at halftime. You could just. <laughs> No, I mean, I've, I've got some painkiller stuff, and I'm feeling a little loopy right now and a little sedated, but it's all good. It's all good. So we welcome there's only seven people. Did you get it on Twitter yet? So on Twitter, I, can, I just did a test post. I can post anything else, but when I post this, the IMS radio show is live on Twitter, on YouTube now. It gives me an error message, but it's letting me post anything else. Try Steve. changing the message. Uh, yeah, let's see. Hello, everybody. We've got a small Damn. crowd building now. It posted. Yeah. Now people should start coming in. The people should start coming listeners. in. Literal ones of listeners pouring in after that. <laughs> well, I would think the night before Maryland's biggest football game in how long? A decade or more? I don't know if it's a decade, but it's clearly at least five years. Maybe a decade. I don't know. Uh, let's think. The past, obviously, it's no game. I mean, a Penn State home game a few years ago felt like it could have been, but it still wasn't. <clears throat> I don't think it was quite as big as this one. Obviously, if you know, given in hindsight, we know it wasn't as big, you know, given the result. But uh, other than that, let's see. What year was that Florida State game when Maryland was undefeated and was going to go up beat Florida State, like 2012 maybe? And then they That's lost. the one I was thinking of that was about 10 years ago. I think maybe 2012. 
something like that. Lost 63 to nothing. One of the most lopsided games I've ever watched. It, that was Tomorrow painful. won't be, though. Someone in the chat asked, said they stumbled upon this. Is this a college podcast? It is. It is a Maryland Terrapins sports, college sports and recruiting podcast. Go to Inside Maryland Sports Radio, and it is associated with Inside Maryland Sports and the Maryland.247sports.com message board. But it branches out to more than that. All are welcome, not just the members of that board, obviously. We're going to go full Maryland tomorrow, someone asked. I don't think so. I think they got a hell of a shot. 50-50. I think it's a 50-50 game. It's close to 50-50. I still got Iowa's a small favorite, but I actually, I'm going to contradict myself. Actually, in my head, I I feel like Maryland's going to win. I I feel like I kind of get that feeling, too. Like, this is the game. Like, in terms of X's and O's and personnel, it's a close matchup. But in terms of one program, just having built so much to this point, Obviously, Iowa wants to win, too, but sometimes when you have a game where a program has just put so much, and this is kind of the, the tipping point for them to reach the next level, and it's at home, they just, they're not going to let themselves lose that kind of game. Like, they have to have it. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong, maybe they lose, but it feels like that kind of game, kind of where you just, it's not like you just prepared for this. You've built up toward this for so long that there's more urgency and willpower kind of thing, as corny as that might sound. No, I, I agree totally. And I think that's that's part of my reasoning as well. I think part of what's going to happen is that Maryland might come out and just get out, hopefully, come out with so much energy and the crowd is going to be big and it's not quite a sellout, but it's getting close. I, th- I think they could come out and co- get a lot of points early and, and get up on Iowa early. And then maybe, you know, Iowa starts to do their thing where they grind it out and they beat you down. But I'm hoping Maryland builds up enough of a lead that they'll be able to, to stem, that, stem the tide on that and, and hold them off over the course of the game. And I feel like it might be the over as well. The over is 46 points. Iowa is a four-point favorite. So according to that, they would win 25-21. But and I've been reading the Iowa message board quite a bit the past week. I always do that to see what they're saying before and after games. Yeah. And, and they're all pretty confident over there. They think Iowa's going to win. And, you know, I don't really blame them because Maryland hasn't given people a reason to, to – to, hasn't instilled much confidence in people yet. So No, why I wouldn't they? I have a friend who's an Iowa fan. He, he actually just texted me. He was like, I'm pretty nervous about tomorrow. I think they know <clears throat> They know that Maryland's – I mean, athletically on offense, Maryland's got more speed and skill. Iowa's offense hasn't been that good, and they really haven't played any much of anybody. Um, their schedule looked tougher going in, but, like, the Iowa State and the Indiana wins seem like they're not as good as they might have looked. Yeah. Um, yeah, somebody asked me that. I did a radio show, Iowa radio show today. He said, how important is it for Maryland to get off to a good start? I said, I think that's huge, you know, because if they stumble out of the gate, that's one of those where they, it gets in your head and you start thinking, oh, no, you know, this is, this, is, this again, kind of like Penn State, or we're not in these guys' league. If you get off to a fast start, you get that confidence 
they need Leah to come out to Leah to come out confident and looking like the guy he's looked like so far this year, and not the guy who he was who he was in a couple. You know, road, well, those were road games last year, so you got to give that to him. Uh, it's all about Maryland's, you know, offense against Iowa's defense. I think that's the, you know, and the offensive line. Yeah, I just don't, I don't see him having the same kind of games he's had the first four, clearly, because of Iowa's talent on defense. Yeah. But I think he is going to do some damage. I, I, I was reading the Iowa message board, and they're almost to a man, to a woman, to a person, whatever, are believe that Iowa is going to be able to frustrate Maryland and force Maryland into sustaining long drives. And that may be true. And that Maryland's not going to be able to get any long, not any of the big, big strike plays that Maryland's known for. And that's going to frustrate Maryland. And then end up with field goal tries or, you know, drives that flame out. And that's what they think they're going to do. But I, I feel like Maryland can sustain some drives. I feel like Talia is going to be able to hit some dump downs to Chig and Deitches and Fleet Davis out of the backfield. And I do think Maryland's going to connect on some bombs. I think they, they have the talent to do it. They have the receivers to do it. They start doubling Demas. Rack's going to be one-on-one. They double Rack. Then Demas is going to be one-on-one. If they double both of them, that's asking for trouble. So I don't. I think Maryland's got too many weapons to hold them down. One other big thing that the people on the Iowa board are very proud of, and they've mentioned quite a bit, I think it's 26 games now. They've held their opponents to 25 points or less. How fun would it be to break that streak? And I think they could. I think they will, actually. I think I that's the range it's going to be in, that 24-21 kind of range. Uh, it's so much of it comes down to Maryland's offensive line, right? Like, They've been better than we thought. They were, according to Pro Football Focus, the best thought. They had the best performance in the country of any offensive line last week. But they haven't yeah. played anybody like this. So that's going to be the question. Can they hold up? Because Iowa's got a really good defensive front. And you know those guys are always big and physical. So um, let, me, let me say this. Are they that different from West Virginia? West Virginia has got a good defense. And they have a serviceable, serviceable game manager quarterback with a good running back. That's pretty similar to Iowa. That's, that's what Iowa is. And Iowa may be better at it, but maybe not. I mean, West Virginia is a, is a good program. And obviously they held Oklahoma to a last-second field goal, which is somewhat controversial. Well, that, bad, that bad snap at the end. Otherwise, they win that game probably or have at least a 50-50 shot. Yeah, so I don't know if they're that different than West Virginia. Some stylistic differences, but the strengths are pretty similar, actually. I was uh, giving up 11 points a game. That's pretty That's pretty low. It is Maryland's pretty at low. Four, Maryland's at 14.3, which is good. Obviously. Very good. The schedule, again, you know. Yeah. That's, again, why it's so it's, that's why it's so hard at this point in the season when you've played a soft schedule. It's hard. It's, it's always makes it impossible to know. You know, we thought that they were going to go out and compete with Penn State a few years ago in that game, and they got rolled. Uh, but I think this is different. I think this offense. I don't think you can. I don't think you can shut down this offense. You're, they're going to limit them more than the other teams have. But right, unless the offensive line falls apart, you know. Otherwise, I don't. I don't think they will. So I good. think they're. 
and you you talked about the PFF grade where Maryland's offensive line was uh, the number one line in the country. And that's great, but sometimes I actually have a PFF subscription. I'm hesitant to show it to you guys, but if you ask me questions about grades and things like that, I'll answer them, but I'm, I'm not going to yeah, show you. That too. It's just that, that's a must. They've got a good thing going. The Ken, yeah. Ken Palm of college football, right, basically? Hey, let me show you something that I do every week that's kind of cool. Um, let me share with you. This is the uh, – can you see this, my spreadsheet? Very small. Okay, let me let me zoom in on it. This is the PFF All Big Ten team after week four. Here's Maryland's best players by position right here. Can you read this now? No, it's tiny. Okay, let me zoom in a little more. Um, what if I do that? Is that better? Can you I feel see like that? I'm at the eye doctor. Yeah. Still no? No, I can see it now. Okay, so right here is the... There we go. You can see that? Okay, this is the first team all Big Ten based on PFF grades. Talia's number one. No other Maryland people in the top. I was really surprised to see this many Ohio State, but I guess because they just rolled last week. Look at that offensive line. It's all Ohio, three Ohio State guys. Yeah. And then here's the, the defense. Mosiah and Nasila Kite, the only Maryland guy. Three, three Iowa players. Well, I'll show yeah. you the Maryland guys in a second. Here's the second team, no Maryland people. Spencer Petrus, number two according to PFF, which is funny because this guy, is, he's been a game manager. There are clearly better quarterbacks in the conference, but I guess he's done a good job managing the game. And the Same thing I just said. It's the data against right. crappy, crappy schedules. Yeah. So you know, a month a month from now, these numbers like Dante Demas is not on the first or second. You know, like how's that possible? He leads the conference in catches and receptions right because now because he probably also leads the conference in drops. Right, but you know, not to have him on second team just shows it's, it's well flawed. Here is um, here is the second team defense. No more Maryland players. Wow. Two more Iowa, five Iowa players. So this is going to be like the Ken Palm thing a few years ago where everybody said Ken, Ken Palm had a anti-Maryland bias. Yeah, so here's Maryland's first-team offense. Um, uh, the best players rated at each, per, with a minimum number of snaps, by the way, too. And you'll see, actually, where Kim Jarrett is rated higher than Dante Demas. 77.2 and 75.9. So... When you go back to the second team here, they're close. Kim Jarrett's within a point. And uh, Demas is, yeah, so they're close. Um, and then here's Maryland's uh, defensive team, according to IMS. Nasila Kite, by far the highest rated. You've got Cross is really close to being second team. Jacorian Bennett's kind of close. These two guys, Daryl Jackson and Damian Robinson, are both close. Um so, so Kite is the highest-rated player on the defense? He, yes. With, I mean, he's pretty good. That's not surprising. Damian Robinson, second-highest-rated, huh? Wow, how is that? Yeah. He's not even playing that many snaps. I mean, he's playing, but wow. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't delved into the, to the minutia on how they score each position because they do it differently on each position. I mean, I can see, I can see it. 
Yeah. I can see it. I mean, they've got, you know, Kenny Bennett struggled a little bit, so he's lower. Nick Cross has been really good. Yeah. And no, so. no, uh, no Tarheed Steele. So, and here the offensive line, Delmar Glaze, who's a backup, is the highest rated tackle. Look at that. Well, and, he's played, he's played a surprising amount. They keep, they've had him in yeah. over, instead of Duncan at times. He's really close, 82.5. They have really good tackles here, but if you go to the second team, he's higher but didn't have enough. Oh, sorry. He's a guard. Uh, he's higher than all of these guys, really, but he didn't have enough snaps to qualify. So he would be on the second team, Glaze, if he had enough snaps. Um, yeah, well, that's just some more proof that you should everybody yeah. should subscribe to IMS because I'm pretty sure I reported like last year that they thought uh, – He's really the steals of the recruiting class. I've seen people posting about this on the message board about how so many three stars are stepping up and becoming really quality players. And that's another example of it. Tarheed well, still got on. They've got a really good eye. Locksley yeah. Look um, at the Kobe what, Prentice kid this, over the summer. Kobe Prentice was a nobody. Picked him up, got the commitment real quick, and then Alabama. Alabama yeah. Him. Yeah, that's it. You know how to find – they know how to find underrated guys. Here, one other interesting to note, interesting thing to note. Sorry for slurring there. Might be my medication. Anyway, the running backs. <laughs> You're the first man to ever do a Maryland football podcast while intoxicated on prescription uh, medication. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Never know. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Isaiah Jacobs rated higher than Tayon Fleet Davis, which I thought was interesting. And it seems like he's just in his second year, technically could still be considered his freshman year, right? So and how about Fleet, Fleet Davis is averaging 7.1 a carry. I kind of yeah. doubted a little bit during the offseason whether he was a 1A running back, but I'm starting to think, not to take away from him because he's been good, but it looks like the system, no matter who the running back is, is going to get his yeah. no matter, you know, every year. Jake yeah. Funk last year, the other McFarland before that. Obviously, most of McFarland's damage was with Matt Canada, but still, uh, you start with with between Funk last year and what Fleet's doing, you start to get the feel that it's with this system, and with and with Tungabailoa with his passing ability. Obviously, that's going to open things up too. But yeah, um, but he's been good. He's got seven point one yards of carry. I saw Josh Perry from Big Ten Network did his running back ratings today. He listed. Tayon at uh, number five in the conference, which is pretty good. And then yeah. you know we got you got Demas leading the conference in both of those catches and, and receptions. I mean, and touchdowns, one, right? Or is he tied? Um, I didn't look at touchdowns, but he should. But I mean, he's got what like five, probably four, four or five. So and he should have yeah, had he, that other one that got yeah. called back for the chop block. Yeah, at, the point. Very sketchy chop. Both the chop blocks that have been called have been very questionable. Yeah, that's the thing. Crab cakes and chop blocks this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a couple of things. Someone mentioned in the chat, I was saying how I don't think Iowa's defense is that different than West Virginia's and how they're similar. Someone actually backed me up here. West Virginia is allowing 297.1 yards per game against better competition than Iowa at 313.8, so about 14, 15 yards less per game. So I don't, I mean, 
I'm not that afraid of Iowa's defense, to be honest with yeah, you. That's true. Uh, I forgot West Virginia did also play Virginia Tech, so they've had yes. they got a good schedule. And Maryland, who's a great offense, and Oklahoma. They, they've played a murderer's row. They're they're a good team, 2-2. Two and two. Could be very close to being able to be 4-0. Glad they're not, obviously, but they could be. Um, I don't – I'm not that afraid of Iowa's defense. They're very good. And I'm not saying they're bad, so if any Iowa people see this, they're obviously very good. But I feel like Maryland's going to be able to move the ball and uh, and score some points. I don't think they're going to get shut down. No, they won't get shut down. And I think the defense, I keep saying, beating the drum, I think the defense is better than the offense. You know, you know? who's – yes. Do you know whose defense actually scares me? And who's that? I hate Penn State, I hate it, but their defense. They're really good this year. Man, that's good. Yeah, but that's another home game. Yeah, we have momentum going into that one. Yeah, Maryland will be eight zero at that point, so should be a sold out stadium at eight zero. They'll be sold out of what? Are they going to sell this game out? I was shocked to see that they had like half the stadium empty a couple days ago. It's not half empty. I've been following very closely. A lot of people are following very closely, both on on the Inside Maryland Sports message board and also other Maryland fans from other outlets and things like that and just fans in general are following very closely the ticket sales and it looks like the stadium the stadium holds 51 something like 51 and a half something like that and it looks like there's only about 6500 to 7000 left as of this afternoon oh, those, so, yeah so those will go by game time easily <clears throat> I don't know about easily but they could I mean they're going to get close I think uh, they'll they'll get close. People are going are still buying tickets. I think they're going to get they're going to be in the high forties at least, and it'll be really close. And it'll be it'll be packed enough that it's going to feel like a full stadium. I think that I think everyone's going to be excited. And I actually went through. So this is the biggest game at Maryland. If you take out the Penn State game because <clears throat> they, it feels a little more like they built toward like a breaking point, like a tipping point where this win could just set the program off. So it's the biggest game. And then there's that Florida State one, obviously. It's kind of a theme there. I think what's the combined score of those? They didn't score a touchdown, I don't think, in either one of those games, actually. What, uh, what game? Who are you talking about? Penn State was... a couple years ago. Did they get shut out when McSorley was just – Oh, yeah, like back-to-back years were brutal. And I then that Florida State the game we talked about before that, you know. Yeah. Maybe you go back to, like, the really good early 2000s. Some of those Some, Someone in chat will let us I know. I said Demas leads the Big Ten in catches and receptions. Catches, uh, receptions and yards would be the – those are the same thing. So, yeah. Receptions and yards? Yeah, I said catches and receptions the first time. So oh, oh. Properly. Oh, oh. In the chat, yeah, yeah, he meant receptions and yards. And I'm, we're not sure about touchdowns. I think he's tied or very close in, in touchdowns as well. Um but one other thing I do that's that's kind of fun, or well, we'll see if you guys think it's fun. <laughs> um, I every week because Maryland is um, because Maryland is undefeated. Where wait, what am I doing here? Hang on. Um, the eye doctor again, Larry. Sorry, I am. I'm on meds and I'm like slurring my speech and losing my train of thought a lot here. I apologize. Um, Okay, so every week I've been tracking. Oh, it's too it's too big. Okay, hang on. Been tracking. Can you see that? 
How's that? So I've been tracking the national championship race, okay? So basically, the way I consider it is everyone in the Power Five can lose once and still be in the running. Everyone in the group of five can't lose at all. So Maryland's so look, got the 14th best chance in the country of winning it all. That's awesome. No, well, let me explain a little bit. Not quite. So every Power Five team that hasn't lost yet still has two available losses, okay? One available loss. After they lose two, they'll be in zero, and they'll be moved to this bottom group, okay? Um, and then here are all, with one loss remaining, are all the Power Five schools that have lost once or any undefeated group of five teams. So by that metric, 47 teams, there's a header row. So 47. I have some money on UT San Antonio at, at number 42. UTSA isn't bad, man. I actually feel like they have the potential to become. Yeah, they beat uh, Illinois, right? I think they have the potential to become sort of like a, a Boise State. They have a, a massive market without a lot of pro sports and no pro football. So I think they've got a chance, and they're in Texas, right? So, so realignment, realignment starts up. Yeah. That's cool. You're dropping the University of Toronto or whatever it was. No, I still want Toronto. We can go into that too if you want. But here is the list. There are 17 Power 5 teams that are still undefeated that can still have, still have one loss and still be within – can still be technically within uh, the – God, my Did you see the strength of schedule, remaining strength of schedule rankings? Yes, Maryland's Maryland is second or whatever. Worst Maryland has the second toughest remaining schedule. So that's kind of how you know. And that pretty much illustrates what we thought, right? That 4-0 stuff, that first four to it's go huge. 4-0 is yeah. pushy, and then it gets hard. And that's they got the 4-0, and now it's second hardest in the country. Got to be so, one of those teams. Beat, if they can beat either Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State, yeah, it would be huge. That, then your season is made, as long as you don't just completely vomit on yourself against some of right. these other teams. So the way this sheet is sorted, it's sorted by number of losses remaining until you're eliminated. Those are Power 5 teams at two. And then here's everybody with one loss remaining and one more loss in the route. And then it's sorted by their Massey rating, which is this column right here. So Maryland, here we are sitting at 13. Maryland's in 13th right now. There are five matchups this week of undefeated teams, so five, at least five of these schools will be down to one, and I keep updating this every week, and it's kind of kind of fun. I wonder if anybody else is playing four of the teams in the top nine. Four of the teams oh. in the top nine are remaining on the schedule. Listen, West Virginia's got a shot to be ranked towards the end of this year. Maryland could end up playing six or even seven ranked teams it's kind of crazy. Life in the Big Ten, it'll never change until they realign, which they should not yeah. sound like a, not well, sound like a homer, but it's pretty ridiculous, the you know, one disparity. Of, one of the advantages of an expansion might be that they could it could be an excuse to realign, right? So that could be happen. one of one of the big one of the big uh, one of the big advantages there. So that's kind of neat. One other thing I always do as you guys know. Um, is that I keep the analytics. So let me let me zoom in on this for you guys. Um, can you see this? Can you see this here? At the eye doctor again. At the eye doctor again. Mm -hmm. Let me um, 
Okay, hang on. How is that? Better? Oh, uh, yeah, I can read it. Okay. The analytics sites, they all have Maryland over seven wins, 7.305 on average. The three of us had an average of 6.856. So I'm the lowest of everyone, if you can believe that with my optimism. Anyway, there's game by game. Saying about 40% shot at Iowa. I'm feeling it's better than that. I'm feeling like they actually have a good shot to win, and I'm calling the win, actually. And I think it might be a 27-17-ish type game. That's what I'm going with. Um, maybe even a little higher than that, 30-20. to 20. I think it could get the over. So 30-20, to 20, something in the 10-point range. I feel like Maryland has a shot to get out to a big lead. And then Iowa is a very tough, disciplined, experienced team who are not going to panic. They're going to stick to their plan. And there's going to be some drives that are painful to watch. Where they convert third down after third down, and it's a seven-and-a-half-minute drive. It's going to come down to discipline. I mean, I haven't looked at Iowa's penalty numbers for this year. You know, they're usually – Kirk Ferentz is an amazing coach. I think he's extremely underrated. Just because they're kind of, I mean, they're respected, but they're just kind of a blah brand. They're just, they're kind of plain. The uniforms are plain. They're in Iowa, you know, so people respect them, but I don't think people understand how good of a coach he is. So they're usually really disciplined. And Maryland, on the other hand, is very undisciplined, you know. I don't think there's some discipline this year. Even Lox says that. I mean, that's his constant. I don't think it's as bad this year as it has been in previous years. They're might, maybe not the worst in the conference. I'm kind of looking it up right now. Maybe not but, the worst. But, but when you talk about bad. when you talk about discipline, you're not just talking about penalties. You're talking about uh, you're talking about your your discipline to stay within your shape properly. Assignments. Yeah. yeah, and I don't. I think that part of it is a lot better. Where in particular in the defense, they're they're make they're they're making making their assignments. They are. Uh, fulfilling, what's the word I'm looking for? Fulfilling their assignments. Sorry, I my medication is really messed with my brain. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you need a half time um, half time break? No, but we have a very special guest about to join us. I looked it up. Maryland is 13th in, out of 14 in penalties. 13th okay. worst. Yeah, or 13, 13th best. However you want to phrase it. So it was that one game. The, the one game uh, was Illinois, right, where they had 120 penalty yards. Yeah, they had all the pass interference after pass interference, so that kind of yeah. weighted down a little bit. What up, Wheels? Hey, how you guys doing? We're welcoming to the show Mr. Tony Wheeler. He covers non-revenue sports for Inside Maryland Sports on the Maryland 247sports.com message board. Oh, what's up? Lacrosse beat. He doesn't just cover it. He slays lacrosse. <laughs> it's not lacrosse season now, but we expect them to be good. Tony... But I will, I, I, I will be talking about lacrosse, though. You have to. Bring it on. You get, you yeah, got a little – you got a report or something. You got a report prepared for us? Or just I do. Like, I do. Go ahead. I mean, I'll, I won't do the whole this is wheels with your non-revenue sports report, but I just did that. You just <laughs> did it. Um, <laughs> Why don't we so, play that? We'll play that. Play the recording of that, and then he can start talking. But, well, but, but then you wouldn't be able to hear that part. So I'll, I'll just – I'll just keep going. See, now he's messing with me because I've had problems with the, I've had the audio. 
she's a chick. No, he's messing with me. All right, go ahead. So women's volleyball has been the really big story for the last couple of days. They had a program yeah. defining a win at home against uh, against Wisconsin, who was ranked second at the time. And they were rewarded by then having to go on the road to face number seven, Minnesota, where they lost, and then had to play number 14, Penn State, last night. Up I watched sets, the end of it. Yeah, up two sets to nothing, and, and Penn State comes back and ends oh, up with the last two sets. And, and then, yeah. unfortunately, they got to go out to number eight, Ohio State, this weekend. So it's just a gauntlet. And <laughs> it's, worse than, it's worse than Big Ten East. Yeah, football. we need a pro, pro volleyball <laughs> focus. Is there a pro volleyball focus to give us the strength of schedule? Uh, it's unbelievable when you look at it. Other big thing happening: uh, women's field hockey had a really big had a really big match tonight against number four Northwestern. They were in College Park. They just lost three to one, and they get another reward by welcoming number one Iowa to College Park this weekend. So that'll be a big a big game. Women's soccer is uh, on a on a on a weird kind of trip at this point. Four ties in their last six games. They've lost mm. the other two. And finally, men's soccer also buzzing along pretty well. They're unbeaten in their last four, although they did have a tie against number 24 Rutgers the other night. And, and if you've been following the non-revenue or the, the men's soccer uh, link um, on premium, there's been really good discussions about that. Apparently there was a, a call not made at the end of the game that would have given Maryland a penalty shot with, you know, 15 seconds left in the game, but the refs ate, ate the whistle and game goes into double overtime and, ends in a, in a tie. So that's the bulk of this non-rev sports report. The other big news, though, for lacrosse, uh, Logan Wisnowskis, the, uh, the, the, what are they calling, the bonus sixth-year senior super for the university. Yeah, the super senior for the University of Maryland uh, has been selected to wear the iconic number one jersey for the upcoming season. Nice. That normally bodes really well for whoever is wearing that jersey. He's only 53 points off of breaking the recently established all-time points record that Jared Bernhardt just established. So looks likely that, that Wisnowskis will, will eclipse the, the recently set record. Remind so me, that's, that's a national record, right? Not just Maryland. No, it's, it's just a Maryland record. Oh, okay. uh, I, I believe Bernhardt's uh, record is fifth all-time in the okay. NCAA, but uh, still quite a bit off. Couple of Duke guys up there running up scores against bad opponents, you know. Feels like it's, Maryland has that guy every year. Like I only follow volleyball roughly like ninety-eight or excuse me, lacrosse like ninety-eight percent as close as you do, Tony, but uh, it feels like Maryland has that like guy almost every year. Bernhardt, now um now was Nauskis. Nauskis and Rambo years before that. They always have that T-Wark, T-Wark and kind of dude. Right, right. And, you know, it's, it's something that, that uh, you know, Tillman, Tillman really gets selective about who wears that jersey. And a lot of responsibility comes with it. So it's not just being the leader on the field. He asks that, that person to take a lot of leadership roles off the field, talking to the, with the media, doing all the availabilities. Uh, that program in general tends to get acknowledged for being one of the stronger programs in terms of off the field service. So doing a lot of volunteer work as a program. So again, that the person wearing that number one Jersey has to take a leadership role there as well. So 
it's it's a big deal to wear that. And you're right, Jeff. You know, when you're at the University of Maryland, you're always going to get good players. But but that person who wears number one tends to be that that alpha player every year and and normally leads the team pretty deep into the playoffs. Of all these non-road teams, who's got the best chance of winning a national title? Yeah, it's a Thunder, Jeff. Well, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I, I, it, okay. you know, and I, I was on, I was on, again, I was on the, the, the soccer thread uh, the other day and I actually asked, you know, cause there are some great people on that thread that follow, that follow the soccer, soccer programs, both of them really closely. And I asked, how does this team look? Because they were unranked. That men's soccer team was unranked to start the year. And they go out, you know, just blasting teams. They lost to number one, Georgetown, but otherwise that's been really their only blemish. And just as a novice to men's soccer, they look more aggressive to me and they look a lot faster. So I asked, you know, is, is, is this a team that could, could win the Big Ten title and then make a deep run? And the consensus is this is one of those teams that Sasho ends up taking, you know, to that final game and, and we'll have a chance. So in terms of timing, Jeff, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the men's soccer team won another title. But if not, I, that, that men's lacrosse team is going to be a Memorial Day entrant. They're going to start the season probably preseason top two with UVA probably being number one. But that team, again, is built for a Memorial Day run. They brought in some new transfers, some really high-level transfers to fill some holes, and they're just going to be gangbusters again. So I won't be surprised to see anyone else back up in Hartford with me uh, this this coming May and and watching that team again make a run. All right, if they go this year, I'm going. You are in the final four. I'm there for the party. Does does that? Be that's gotta be a fun. Maybe I, maybe I'll go too. We'll turn it into a big IMS. Party. So let me, let me tell you all, and, and a lot of IMS people go go to Memorial Day weekend. The Maryland lacrosse parents set up this tailgate. That is amazing, and they welcome nice. everyone. If you're walking by with a Maryland hat on or a Maryland shirt on, 20 yeah. parents are going to tell you to come over, and they're going to be like, get what you want, get some burgers, you know, get some drinks. <laughs> if you're they're like a opposing team, you wear the Maryland jersey just to get the free food and then take it off after and be like, yeah. No, you know they, they make it, if they make it, I, I will try. me and Larry will try to come out there and Unfortunately, and I don't want to—I don't want to insult anyone from Connecticut. Hartford, Hartford was a tough place to be last year. Not a lot going on in Hartford. Um, I, I but, lived there the, for a while, actually. So, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. The tailgate scene, though, was great, and the Maryland fans are always always amazing. Uh, and so I'm going to hold you guys to that. If they if they make a, a Final Four Final run, four? that'd be um, fun. I met Logan Wisnowskis, and this is kind of fun. It's got a nice little segue to another topic we could talk about. I was at the Abbey Tavern in New York City for a Maryland game watch. And before the game started, in comes 50 college-age kids. The entire lacrosse team comes in. And they did it as, a, as an outreach, uh, a marketing thing. And Logan and all of them kind of went and kind of paired off with various people at the bar. And Logan happened to be the one to come up to. My, myself and my wife, and this was his freshman year, it was three years ago or whatever. Maybe not because you said he's in sixth year. It was three years ago. And talked to him, and he's like, yeah, I scored 47 goals in my sophomore year. I'm like, 47 goals? Like, you're for real, man. He's like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> so uh, he was a really nice kid. And the whole across team, I was looking for it, and I don't think I did. 
I think it was because wow. it was it was during my hiatus, Jeff. It That's was a rare whiff right there. It was it was it was, it was when I was not doing the show. So Logan, Logan, yeah, he started his he started his college career career out up at Syracuse, and they redshirted him. But when he transferred to Maryland, there's there's video of him. You could probably find it on Twitter of him dunking a basketball. He's a legit six five. Uh, when he was in high school, he, yeah, he was, he's huge. Yeah, he was a he's a Baltimore kid, and uh, when he was in high school, he was also a quarterback. Um, was so it, after this year, he's going to go to. Where is it? Delaware State or whatever, where Jared Bernard went and be a starting quarterback. Well, I don't know if you've been following that, but you know, Jared goes out to out to Michigan playing D two football. First is that where it is? I don't know yeah, why I said Delaware yeah. State. Fair, fair, fair yeah. State. Is yeah, it? fair state. Yeah. Okay. And he goes and he goes and he you know he's responsible in the first two games for you know he runs for like three hundred total yards. He throws for three hundred yards. He's responsible for like nine touchdowns in the first. These guys were just born. We just didn't get that. There's always that one. Game, even watching coming back just now from my son's football game, eighth grade. There's always the one kid who's just bigger just, and faster, so, and is just going to do that no matter what. Wheels. We are making the pledge to come to the Final Four in Hartford. And I was just talking about the Abbey Tavern. IMS Radio is going to be doing a live on-site show at the Abbey, Ta- Abbey Tavern in New York City on December 11th, the night before Maryland plays Florida at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. You must now agree to come to that with us and be there with us for that. That's I- only fair. I, I had absolutely planned on going to that game. Uh, I'm going to be there. Stop that. That's the end of the statement. You're going. <laughs> don't, is there a butt coming? But no, no. no. Oh, you are going. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll go. Yeah. Okay, cool. In life, you know when the butt is coming more and more. Like, you just feel like a mile away. So when the butt is coming. All right. The people in the chat room, I think, are getting a little antsy to get back to some football talk. So before we do that, I'm not. E- you're going to stick around, Tony, if you got the time. I'm going to do a fill in the blank with you, like we do with all our guests. Okay. Sure. Five rapid fire questions. You say the first thing that comes to your head. Jeff already got the first one. The non-ref team has the best chance to win a national championship this wow. year. Is I'm going to go with the men's lacrosse team. Okay. Okay. The non-ref team that is the closest. To being a revenue-making program is, boy, that is a great question. Um, you know, I would have to say probably due to the the cost of of equipment and those kinds of things, I would think men's soccer might be the closest to being a revenue sport. Women's basketball. See, I always wonder how what. Do you consider women's basketball revenue sport or non-revenue? Not revenue. No. They there are two sport. revenue sports. There are two well, revenue sports. Women's basketball loses, you know, not, I'm not trying to disrespect. They've got a great coach and a great program, but if you're just talking money, they lose more than that. They pour a ton in and don't get that much back. I can't imagine anybody's close to losing as much money as right. that. Because Brenda Fries makes, uh, what she make, two-plus million, and they spend a lot on recruiting. And they, you know, they get their money's worth, but it's just uh, the market is what it is. You're not going to have as many tickets sold. Okay. If Maryland were to add a new non-rev sport, it would be? This is tough because it, it would likely not be a, a men's sport. It would likely not be because of, of Title IX reasons. Um, but if they were to add a new non-revenue sport, I would guess it would be something like hockey. That'd be very cool because Big Ten hockey is 
It's really good. Can you imagine how, I know I keep interrupting the five questions, but can you imagine how bad Maryland would just get murderized starting a Big Ten hockey program? It'd be like the women's volleyball team. They'd have to th- oh, take years. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The best word to describe Damon Evans' approach to non-rev sports is? Converted. I think he's I like been. Con- I think he's been converted. We we had opportunities to to interact with him. A lot of us did uh, up at the Final Four weekend in Hartford, and he he is he knows lacrosse. He follows it. He he's not just you know reading some. He's not just reading IMS and and learning about it. He he knows the game pretty well. He actually had some conversations with people about you know what position he would have played and how he wished growing up you know, in Georgia that they'd had the sport. I just imagine what a nightmare he would have been on a lacrosse field. He is a big dude. All right. Last one's a two-parter. Your favorite sport to watch is, and your favorite sport to play is? College football to watch. I love it. And, and to play? Lacrosse. I, I was playing in old in, in old men leagues until, until fairly recently. It's just such a fun. Scott, what do you mean till recently? I got bum knees, Jeff. I'm, I'm older than you guys. I got bum knees. I couldn't, couldn't do it anymore. I, I, I had a bunch of, had a bunch of uh, knee injuries that, uh, and my wife told me I couldn't do it anymore. So <laughs> I understand. I played men's in the men's soccer leagues up until about mm-hmm. three years ago and my body started saying no. Jeff, so. for this, Jeff, for the same reason that you had to get rid of the mustache, my friend. No, that's just cause my wife made a comment about things that would definitely never happen if I kept the mustache inside. So I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying the same thing wasn't said to me either. But I still play know. basketball. Well, I was playing basketball until the until the Rona hit, and then we can't get a court anymore. I want to start playing again. You know, budgy and old and painful when I get up. My knees hurt for some weird reason. It's like I haven't even done anything. And it's yeah, so much right. fun to play. I mean, any, anytime you can get out there and play anything, it's just so much fun, you know. Yeah. And, and all the guys that take it too seriously and get angry and you know act like those guys school. anymore. Tony, can can you stick around for the rest of the show so we we want to talk some football with you? Absolutely. Okay. Before you do that, normally when we end the interviews, we get the bumper. I'm going to get that from you too. Please say. This is Tony Wheeler, and you're listening to IMS Radio. And you can use whatever wheels or whatever name. This is Wheels, and you're listening to IMS Radio. Thank you. That is a legit bumper, my friends. That counts. We got to get Tills on here. That counts. He we got to get Maryland so, sport. So you know, you, you we got to we got to over the summer maybe you got to get you got to do a non-rev uh, podcast. Do it in the tour. spring. Yeah, it's long overdue. We've never yeah, asked. with 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 Tillman and with Kathy Reese. I mean, they're 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 the two best in the country. Yeah. So we were talking about the game, Tony. I gave my prediction. I said it's. I feel like Maryland's going to get out to a lead. They're going to be pumped. Iowa's going to kind of do a slow burn and churn kind of thing and get back into it. But I think Maryland might hold them off and win by 10, something like 27-17, 30-20, something like that. Jeff, you didn't give your prediction yet. What's yours? And then we'll get to it. Uh, Maryland 27-21. Maybe, you know, I feel like, like I said, this is that game that you have built to build up to for so long and everything you've done with recruiting with trying to change the culture with everything you've installed strength and conditioning everything is all built up to this opportunity and it's at home usually teams tend to tend to take advantage because they just 
refuse to lose a game like that that is you know has so much time and effort investment into it so i think they win but i mean i was favored by a few for a reason so it's not you know it won't be stunning to see them lose especially given the background we discussed in these kinds of big games all right tony wheels i think iowa's offense is really going to struggle Really going to struggle. I think Maryland's defense actually is what what probably wins the game. I think Maryland's defense has been totally underrated all year, and I think the metrics yeah. kind of back that up, right? Um, but I think Iowa's going to have a hard time. Iowa, this is not a normal Iowa team. They don't run the ball really well, and their quarterback gets happy feet like crazy. So I think I think Maryland's going to get them into some negative kind of situations, getting behind the chains, and then Iowa has a hard time protecting that quarterback. Tooch had a really good uh, – and Jeff, man, adding him has been great. Tooch, yeah. by the way, is a, is a poster on the Maryland the 247sports.com message board, and he's also got a Twitter channel where he breaks down film footage. Really cool. Do you remember his, his Twitter handle? You know, it, it, it's oh, like – Tooch. No, but it's Maryland. It's like Maryland. Maryland O. It's yeah. Maryland O something, like film yeah, breakdown. Film breakdown. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. He's Jeff. picking. He said twenty four ten Maryland, and that feels that to me. That felt like a good a good pick. I, I don't think Iowa's gonna gonna have a lot of success on offense, and I think Maryland's receivers are just too good, and so is Leah, just too good. It'd be good. We're all we're all pretty similar in the twenty four to twenty seven to thirty point range for Maryland, and ten to twenty for Iowa. Did I see correctly that Maryland has lost 28 straight games against ranked opponents? Did you I, see that? And isn't it at home, though? Isn't that an at-home statistic, or is that when overall? Was Penn State, when they beat Penn State uh, either time, was that – they had to be ranked at least one of those times, right? I don't know. I don't think they were. Maybe, no, maybe it's Maybe it's I remember home. last year that Penn State started 0-5 or whatever. Maryland You're was right. part of that. Maryland You're started right. 0-5. Um, but I – I, I, yeah, I don't remember, Jeff. I don't remember if that was like overall or if that's just at home, but it was something that was something. It's some one of the two is 28, 28 straight losses against ranked teams, which yeah. is really incredible. But even, even bad programs usually sneak in the little sneaky upset. Don't you, really, don't you both feel like this team, though, has a little bit of a chip on its shoulder? Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Which is why they sometimes get those personal foul penalties. But. Overall, you would take an aggressive team that sometimes gets penalties over the opposite of that. Absolutely. Yeah. They're just bigger, and like I, I wrote this on the site in a little insider story a while ago. NFL scouts came through and watched them. I think it was the West Virginia. After the West Virginia, they told the staff, you know, you guys look like an SEC team now in terms of size. You know, when Edsel had a team, it was they looked pretty. they were pretty small and weak. He like abandoned strength training for like flexibility or whatever, whatever it was. <laughs> of um, all the things to to focus on as your main character. <laughs> well, the, the, the big the big difference too on on that defense, and even against Kent State, the fact that Maryland's defensive line is like it manhand like blowing up offensive linemen and just yeah. getting him three four yards in the backfield. That's not some wrong man. Yeah. That front three of Kite and Finau. Finau is obviously not as athletic as the other guys, but massive. And then Sam O. Those are grown men, you know. And the backups and are talented, even though they're young. Kid Daryl Jackson is going to be maybe a first-round pick. He's 6'6", 300 pounds. 
I made the com I made the comment on the last show that Maryland has twenty NFL players on their current roster. Twenty. I will I'm betting you right now, Jeff, this is a five year bet. Twenty that will make at least that's one of every one of every four players on the roster, you think? Yep. At, at least the practice squad in the NFL. Go through the roster, go position group by position group, and you will be seeing, oh, two to three to four right, guys in every quick, group. Oh, quick. that guy's that guy, that guy could, that guy could, that guy could. Watch, I'm telling you. Well, Leah, I mean, Demas, Duncan. What, Leah and Udinsky are both on NFL radars. Two different tight ends. Yeah, you might be right. It'll be some, I mean, some of those guys will eventually. Three or four receivers. Two to three maybe offensive linemen, especially the young guys you don't know. Three sophomores are playing significant minutes. Running backs, you look like maybe Jacobs. There could be like a two or three there. The defensive line could be like four or five. The linebackers could be four or five. The secondary could be four or five. Like literally, watch, I'm telling you, that's my bet. That's my crazy outlandish statement. It used to be the Lorenzo Harrison watch, which blew up in my face. But this is my new one. 20, 20 NFL players, at least on the squad on this current roster. There's All right. a lot more talent than there was. And it, the yes. funny thing is, you say, look at those defensive linemen, they're grown men, but right behind them are a bunch of freshmen who are like 6'5". Yeah. So I, those guys will be monsters next year. Daryl Jackson, I'm not to harp on that. I think he's going to be a, an absolute monster. And then the linebackers are all young. Yes. Um, you know, that's a concern, though, right there, the linebacker situation. The injuries, yeah. a little worrisome, you know, with, with Jennings out, you know, probably a few weeks, I would guess. But just talking about this week, with him out, you already had Gote out. So now you're going to have to play Spragans. Uh, and McCullough. I mean, you got some, you know, got some guys. guys there, just don't have the depth. No, right, and, last... Jennings, and Jennings is a man-child. I mean, he's a true freshman leading the team in tackles. The yeah, guy he looks like a senior. All right, uh, last comment on football. In the chat room, Noah said they think that he thinks that Syracuse was ranked when Maryland beat them to start the year. That's true. Yeah, ago. it feels like they were because they were a little hyped coming into the season and they ended yeah. up being horrendous. Awful, yeah. Okay, let's do a little bit of basketball and then we're going to end on a true or false. Jeff, anything with basketball we can talk about? Any recruiting? Anything interesting there? Um. They're trying to seal the deal right now with a kid named Bobby Clintman. He's a Swedish native who plays in Kansas at Sunrise Christian Academy, which is a big one of those big powerhouses that these kids just end up landing at every year. Uh, he visited Maryland two weeks ago, visited Rutgers last week. Um, I think Maryland, you know, I haven't put in a crystal ball, but I think they're definitely either in the lead or have a good shot there. They really like the kid. From the people who I've talked to who have watched him, he's 6'8 forward. Really good passer for his size. Um, so I think, you know, obviously they would have liked to have Cam Whitmore. I think that this kid is the one who they kind of jumped all over after Whitmore. And uh, they'd be thrilled if they could get a commitment. And it sounds like, you know, he could decide before too long. Okay. And they also have another new visitor, uh, senior big man coming in this week for the game, who I wrote about earlier this week. Is that on premium? So if you want to see that when you got to go to. So I'm showing a little leg right now. <laughs> Maryland247sports.com premium message board to get that one. All right, is that, is that what we got for basketball? When does practice start? 
Um, practice usually starts like October 15th-ish, I think. Yeah. It's like two weeks, okay. Yeah. October 15th. And we're, we're we'll... starting to hear more progressively now. Like Turgeon was on, he had some quotes that I wrote up today on his site, and then, um, which basically he said, well, we know. He said, I feel really good about Ayala. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder uh, from not, you know, really getting much traction on the NBA thing. He said he knows what he has with Wahab. He knows Scott, although Scott needs to be more consistent. Fats, it's just that three spot that's up for grabs and who's going to take it, which I assume will be Hakeem Hart. But there's some, there's a lot more talent behind those guys this year. The, the transfer that nobody's talking about could be, right? He's Yeah, I mean, I think he's the Arizona State kid or the, or the Old Dominion. Old Dominion. I, well, I told you, I, I wrote it a couple weeks ago. I watched him play. I watched the whole team play, and he is way better than I realized. I'm not saying he's going to be a star. Xavier Green is who I'm talking about. I'm not saying he's going to be a star, but he's people probably think, ah, oh, Old Dominion, whatever. He is athletic. He defends, and he's 25 years old. So he's not, you know, if you're 25, you're not out there playing at 25 years old unless you're going to bust your ass. Yeah. Uh, so he's, yeah, you're right. He's at the two I don't think he's a one. I think at the two slash three, he'll get some real minutes. But right. not, not, age twenty five, he's 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 almost playing in the old man leagues that you play in, Jeff. I mean, he's you know that's that's no that? joke. That's no yeah, joke. Really. No, I, I try to play with uh, forty plus. I don't like playing with the young kids anymore. That's not fun. <laughs> was it Wade Lee's? Was the guy punter, the punter. from Maryland? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then he's <laughs> transferred to UCLA for a yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> He still kept playing. Well, he had to get closer to home. I mean, he was from Australia. He get, get out he got to six, six, hours, six hours closer. Go home on the weekends and do his laundry. Right, made or break it for him, you know. Any other basketball stuff? That's about it for now, yeah. We did say we promised each other that we were going to run the mile with the team of Midnight Madness. So I don't know if that's going to happen. That's right around my new surgery date. So uh, I, I mentioned I mentioned my, my knees are bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> You we'll can walk it. You can do it slow. Oh, no, walk it. Sure. I, I mean, if if it's – I have to figure out my – what. let me see. My new I, surgery I mean, date Larry, is, if, I, if I walk it, I'm going to have to go get some, like, serious old man walking shoes then. I my, mean, that's my, – you know, that's yeah. bad for me. Well, we'll walk, we'll walk a mile at least in New York in, uh, in December. All right. So that counts. My new, my new surgery date is the 14th, two weeks from now, so that's the day before. So I will not be – doing the mile with the team all right we have to end the show true or false i've got six i'm going to give each of you guys three of them i'm going to read a statement and you guys say true or false and expound upon it jeff we will start with you the football team is more popular than the basketball team right now true yeah i mean and that's a very rare that only happens at maryland once every few years for a stretch literally uh, but yeah, it's true. Basketball content is it's flipped upside down. You know, I always tell you guys. Yep. A football, a decent football story on the team compared to like a basketball recruiting story about a junior or sophomore. The basketball tends to be like three to one in most years. Right now, it's the opposite. I, you know, I, I wrote something basketball today. Hardly anybody uh, talked about. It. Usually, even during football season basketball gets top billing top views but right now oh, they all all they want is football that's awesome and, and I love they, that. that's why that's what makes this this win this game Huge. so great this is you're either gonna fill the bandwagon more and everyone's gonna be all in or 
the air is out of the balloon. Let's talk about. I mean, it, people will still be. You know, if it's a close yeah. game, if they lose a close game, people will still be interested. But when you're talking about the bandwagon, yeah. the casuals, you gotta win it. It'll it'll Could explode. Wheels, the best Maryland football uniform is all whites with red helmet and white terp script. So, wait, say that again. All white with a red helmet and the white terp script. False. No, no, you're wrong. All, all, all white, so, all white, no, all, white, all white, the all white, all it. white unis with. Yes. I mean, look, the, the script helmet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say yes to that. That might be. That's a little. I don't know. A little too I Kansas City. A little too Kansas City Chiefs ish. You know. I just with, love it. I love it. With the red, the red and yellow and black piping around the num, the red numbers. It's got the yellow and black and red highlights around it. I think it's so good. I, I don't mind it when they go with the red pants, the white shirt, and the red. To me, in the red, the red script helmet. To me, red pants like the, is really that's good. That's the too. classic, like what I grew up on. That's the classic. Red pants like, is Maryland. good too. I'll give you yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm I, don't, I don't hate the, the flag with the. That's yeah, a, I don't mind I don't it either. either. I like Everyone gets so upset about it now. I don't, I I don't like mind that. it at all. I, I like that one. Okay, well you, well, you were wrong on that one. You're 0 for 1 wheels. Okay, I Jeff. Feel like I'm, I feel like I'm on the McLaughlin group, and Larry's just yelling wrong. Wrong! Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Jeff. That an old, that's an old man reference right there. I don't I don't know. Did I do that right? I've never watched that show, but yeah. it's a politi- political wrong. pun. Yeah. He does you wrong. Do like a Saturday Night Live Political pun, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah I don't... I, I, I'm trying to stay away from that stuff. I'm so much happier when I see none of that, okay? Any political stuff. Okay, Jeff, if Mike Loxley wins eight or more games, he will get an extension after the end of the season. I'll say true, yeah. If he wins eight or more, like, there's no reason not to, right? He's he's done it. He's got it going. Third, this is the third year out of five, so it's a better Third out of five. There's two left. You don't have to based on just having two left, but at that point – yeah, I mean, a guy is all, almost always going to get an extension in that situation. You know, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. If he's got things headed the right direction, so it would have to take another cycle of going in the wrong direction to part with him. So, yeah, you, you obviously get him one. Okay, Jeff, you, you're you 2-0 and right now. Good job. All right, Wheels, let's see if you can turn it around. The basketball team will either make the big championship game, make the Elite Eight, or both. Oh, I mean, it, I mean, we're into like combined probability here on that, Larry. I mean, like it will. They will do one of those things. They'll do at least one of those. At least yeah. one. He's a bad scientist of this shit. He, he'll get. He gets you. <laughs> they will. The big championship game or elite eight or both. They will do at least one of those things. That is the statement. True or false? I, I'm gonna, I'm going to go false. Wrong. Uh, I'm kidding. I, I think. I'm just kidding. I, I think. Um, <laughs> That was a damn good McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Was it? I'm, I'm doing my best. I've seen, like, I think maybe the Saturday Night Live thing is why yeah, I know. Yeah, Dana Carvey is, is what, what you know. By the way, Dana we are Carvey. one yeah. million. Back when I used to watch it, too, brother. We're what? one million percent the progressive commercial right now, being your dad. <laughs> yes. Well, I've been my dad for a long time. Just yeah, so, that McLaughlin impression was masterful. Larry, I, I, Larry, I'll, I'll tell you. I think I think they have a better chance of winning the regular season championship than winning a tournament championship. I just or, said make the title game, I, or even getting to that title game. I, I, I think I think I think their I, I think their history of tournament play, especially the Big Ten tournament, yeah, is 
totally goes against them. I'd feel better about an Elite Eight than I would uh, making a Big Ten title game. I think they got a better shot probably of winning, of winning a, or sharing a regular season championship with this team, that, that roster, that depth. That, that team could compete for a whole season. I was joking because based off the last answer, but I think you're probably right. Actually, I, I think I would agree with you on that one. Jeff, the new video board at the stadium will be amazing and used without issue at the game on Friday night. No, it's totally going to explode. <laughs> Just a fiery mass that forces the game to be canceled. Uh, yeah, it should be good. It looks good. I saw a couple tweets where it looks Lit up and on point, so... Jeff, what do you, th- what do you think will go wrong? If something's going to go wrong, is it going to be the video or the sound? Wh- which which of them is more likely to go? Probably video. The video. I would yeah. think the video is more... Because the know. sound's been hooked up for a while and it sounded okay for a while. It's yeah. the, the video that's had more problems. Or is new. It was, it was brand pretty, new, so... And it was pretty... It looked a little amateur hour or whatever not to have it done before the season, but this is a pretty good game to debut it, right? Yeah. It just adds to the adds to the magic of the environment, so... I'm heading down for it, so I'll be there. I'll be there tomorrow. Taking off work, getting How down. How long is the drive for you? About a little over two hours. Where... Uh, do you, I don't know if you want to stay on the show. But I'm, I'm west, of, west of Philly. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think I knew that. Yeah, I think I knew that, but I didn't remember exactly where. Okay, Wheels, last one. There will be over 50,000 people at the game on Friday night. I mean, there's so much pressure now because I've been wrong twice. I've, I've gotten Larry yeah. to yell at me for being wrong twice. Don't, don't mess it up. I'm, I'm going to say true. I'm going to say it goes over 50. You got it right. Good uh, job. Uh, yeah. You are, you're an all-star in baseball. Yeah, I'm, I'm you, slow. I'm slow. Yeah, more 333. I'm, I'm slow, man. I get there, though. <laughs> you're an all-star. I, here's the thing. I think it's going to be announced over 50, but I don't think there are going to be actually that many people there. Hey, even gonna, if, you know what? At that point. Yeah. I think it, from where they've been, remember the crowds the past few years? There was like seven people in the stands. Yes. So here's, what do you mean? Last two years, how about two weeks ago? So here's, here's something that Larry Seven people in the stands. Two weeks ago, yeah, Howard was pretty, pretty yeah. Yes. Yeah. Here, here's something to think about, though, that, that makes me think that going over 50 is more likely to happen. It's parents' weekend, number one. And I also know when I got my tickets, when I was talking to someone down in College Park about it, the student section has been so great for the first yes. few games. They're over, they're sending overflow students to the upper deck. Yeah. So the upper deck is what always kills the over fifty. But yeah. they're they're already they're already sending kids to the upper deck. But I guarantee you, they're going to give tickets to students in the upper deck, and they're going to go down and sneak into the student section. They're going to be standing in the aisles. It's going to be like a DC United game with Bar Bravo, where they're just three people to every two seats. I bet you that's what that's what happens. Like it's going to be crazy. Yeah, this is where it goes back. COVID is help. COVID is helping them out. These kids have been cooped up cooped for two up, years, yes. and they just want something fun to do outside. What's better well, on a Friday well, night? Look, you know, if, game they keep hearing about, even if they're not a fan. If they're having fun, that could lead to an extended and uh, sustained attendance. Which brings know, us for, back again to you got to win. win. You got to win. Gotta win. And, and, and it seems like it seems like Locks has been much more engaging with with the students 
and and the students are really responding. So it really seems like, yeah, it yeah, seems like that's part. Yeah, it's part of the turnout. I think that's part of the students getting there and you know showing up early. Of course, they're still leaving at halftime. I don't think they will this game, but um, I, I think I think he's been part of why the students have have responded so well. That has been one of the first things he said several times in his media sessions. He goes out of his way to talk about students and how they showed out and could have done it without them and all that. So, yeah, he's definitely paying attention to that. All right, fellas. Good show. Wheels, thank you so much for joining us. You've been awesome. I, I have been a proponent of the non-revs since day one of this show, despite – Jeff I mean, it helps that they're really good right and now. other hosts shitting all over me for it. Well, Jeff, I'll tell you, it's funny though because Jeff starts to notice in the spring that all of a sudden the, the lacrosse the lacrosse articles start getting like heavy, heavy clicks, and he's like, "I think there's something. I think there's something here on this." So we've got to. I love it. We've got to. Yeah, we got. Know, we got. Like like I said before, you get uh, it gets pretty dry after writing lists of the best left-handed long snappers in Maryland history and stuff like that. So when those those sprints, baseball or lacrosse can kind of extend things into the summer, that is that's gold for us. Plus, it's, lacrosse is fun to watch, man. I've started – me and my son were glued to the national championship game last year. He's never watched – had never watched a second of lacrosse in his life before that. So yeah. I know you'll hate to hear that. I, I want to see that list. I want to see that list, Jeff, the best left-handed long snappers, by the way. Yeah, it's it, dude. I've, I haven't got, gotten that low, but I've done a lot of lists. Like, well, you you, you need to do like, that. You need to do that. Halfway through, and I'll be like, wait a minute, did I write this list in 2017? You know, so yeah, I love some spring success. Larry, I appreciate you bringing me on, man. Jeff, I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, look, man, it's kind of fun having you on live rather than doing the the audio clip. Maybe we can make it. Uh, you know, maybe make it a more of a regular. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, happy to help wherever I can, man. All right. Larry, are we going to get Big Fella on one of these weeks? The big, big Taj? Fe- big Taj, yeah. I would love to have Taj back on. Maybe next week he can next come week. on and guest host with us for the show. I'd love that. I would love that. And I told you I have a couple other people in mind that I think would be good for a guest host. Um, so it would be kind of fun. It's the like bartender from Austin. <laughs> Madison Graziati. I, I you'll, remember that, you'll remember that name for the rest of your life. You'll be 80 years old, and you'll still remember Madison Graziani. Look, I'll be, I'll I, be, I'll be super impressed, Larry, if you can, uh, if you can bring in. Uh, was it the tennis players or the golf players that you? Uh, women's soccer players. Hang on, for, listen to this, guys. This is Madison Graziati, and you're listening to IMS Radio. <laughs> Come I will on. say, Larry, that you there were you able go. to get to, you were able to get to that way too quick. Like that should not have only taken like five seconds. Hey, man, I got her digits. I'm just kidding. We exchange Instagrams though. I mean, hey, your wife was right there and she was cool. So whatever. At that point, well, you know? my wife was into it too, man. There's nothing to, you know. And this 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 trip to Brooklyn is sounding more and more fun every yeah. second, Larry. Well, at, Abby Taver, Gary Williams. Yeah, Gary's. We're we're about ninety percent sure about Gary. We're hoping we'll, we'll let you know when that's confirmed, and who other guests. And again, that's December eleventh at the Abbey Tavern, which is in Manhattan, Wheels, not in Brooklyn. 
It's uh, it's the Terps Bar. It's on the corner of 3rd and 26th, and we'll be doing that from 5 to 7 p.m. on December 11th. Wheels is going to be there as our number one main attraction. Gary Williams is our second attraction. He'll be number two, and we're shooting for some others. Maybe I'm still holding out hope for an ESPN personality and some former players and stuff we're working on. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll announce people as as they as they commit great show guys thank you everybody in the chat room for coming and participating and joining in we love it when you guys are interactive with us and um you know we'll see you guys next sunday and then after that is when my surgery is rescheduled i'm going to be out for a little bit but i'll miss it you miss the whole national title run jet i won't miss it i just won't be able to do a show i'll be Maryland's watching it through even more of a fog than i'm in right now Marilyn's going to be 10-0, and 0 and I'm going to have to fire you because you can't do any shows. <laughs> I'll still be That'll be a good problem to have, right? <laughs> yeah. you'll, take, you'll take that problem right there. Yeah. Trade, tra- Marilyn's 10-0. and 0. Trade IMS Radio for 10-0. and 0. <laughs> That would be a – I think I would do it. <laughs> temporarily. I'm, I'm, I was only talking temporarily, man. You don't have to – so, Take it to that level. Someone said they need a shot of me relaxing my bubble chairs. I'm not doing that this time. Maybe next <laughs> time. Maybe maybe next time we'll do that. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining IMS Radio. We'll be back maybe Sunday night because we're talking about trying to do everything on Sundays. That's only three days from now. But with a win, I think there'll be enough excitement. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll let you guys know whether it be that or whether it be next week. Thank you, Wheels, for joining us. We will see you guys next time.